0: You know, it is not easy to be a chiropractor, to, to, to go in the face of adversity, right? Everybody is, the, the common denominator of our world, of our society, is not the chiropractic philosophy. It is a completely different philosophy. And it is our burden to walk around with that and to know that we are not doing what everybody else does. We're not thinking the way everybody else thinks. We're not talking about the things that other, everybody else talks about. But the reason we're doing that is because, like last night, I saw this one kid on Monday. He's a high schooler, uh, lacrosse player, and uh, he's like, yeah, I you know, hurt myself playing lacrosse, this and that, and uh, you know, I, we got a big game coming up and I want to play. And uh, he came back in last night with his mom and his mom says, you are a chiropractic miracle worker. And I said, well, that, I, I, thank you. That's very sweet. I said, but really what it is, is his body is the miracle worker. I'm just like, I just kind of tune things up a little bit. You know, we just made sure his brain and nerve system were working right. She says, no, no, no. She said, you know, give yourself some credit. You're the miracle worker. I'm like, okay, I'll give myself some credit. But, but that's the, the point of, of I'm trying to say is like, that people look at us as out of the norm, right? Like we're not the norm, but the, the, we, are, we, are the, we go to a chiropractor because it's different. And that's what people are looking for these days is they're looking for different. So my question to you is within a year or so of your graduating, what are you doing to make sure that you are honoring the fact that you have a sacred trust, right? Being a chiropractor, in my opinion, is a sacred trust. It is something that is, like, it is my duty. I spoke for the ICPA this weekend, and I told them, it is my duty to see more kids. I have no other choice. It is, I am driven. You have guys, you guys have heard me say this already. I am driven. I am focused. I am, like, I am chiropractic. I am kids, and I just suck those kids into my purview. But what are you doing to, to, to make that happen? I'm tired of hearing people say, I have to spend, when I graduate, I was just talking to one of my interns uh, who's graduating soon, and she said, you know, the, these people that I've been talking to said, I need to spend like fifty dollars to $100,000 to open up my practice to make it perfect so that, you know, that is the ideal, so people can get like the best opinion of me when they first walk in. I'm like, no, spend as close to nothing as you can. Like low overhead is the winner here. You spent you already got 200 grand in debt because of you're here, and then you're gonna spend another 100 grand and get a bank loan, and now you could be 300 grand in debt, and you haven't even seen your first patient. Not a good idea. Not a good equation. I said, go to the like so I have another intern and she's, she's found this like small place good morning. good morning she's found this small place in 800 square feet or so she's going to be paying like 1200 a month like this she's hardly going to do any build out of money that's the way to do it right? the burdens are heavy enough the responsibilities are many enough <clears throat> just being a chiropractor you don't need to add giant amounts of debt on your shoulders when you graduate right because people are not that's right people are not looking for people are not looking for a Taj Mahal office they could honestly care less you know what they're looking for is do you love my kids right do you care about me and my family that's what they're looking for they not look, now it's it's hey if you have the money you know, you, I have a, another intern who had worked for like 10 years, had all kinds of money stashed away. So when he graduated, he built this gorgeous, you know, office. Hey, you got money's just sitting in the bank doing nothing, burning a hole that you can do that with. Go right ahead. But if you're like me or like most people that I know, well, I graduated. Well, I was like $150,000 in debt. That's what it was back in the 80s. Uh, I was $150,000 in between chiropractor school and undergrad, and then my parents had nothing. I lived in a one-bedroom apartment on a pull-out couch. So my parents gave... The only thing they, they could give me is stuff that they said, you want anything in this house, in this apartment, this is yours. And my aunt and my uncle gave me some stuff from there. So I had this hodgepodge office of these ridiculous chairs and ridiculous lamps, and my first front desk... I was just telling this to the interns. My first front desk was my father gave me a two-draw filing cabinet, those little metal filing cabinets, and my aunt gave me another one, but they were uneven. <laughs> <clears throat> and he, my father gave me, he, he, we had a dining room, uh, you know sort of a small dining room table, and he took the, the leaf that you could make a larger, and he gave that for me so that would be the, the desk part of the front desk. <clears throat> but it was like this. So we're looking at it. And I'm like, okay, what am I gonna do? And then we, we had this clever idea to put a phone book underneath the one side, so, and, and that wasn't enough, so we actually had two phone books, and that leveled it out, right? That's what we started with. But people didn't walk in and say, Dr. Rubin, uh, I see that your front desk is uneven and you're using phone books to level it out. They didn't, that wasn't their comment, right? Even though it was quite visible. Um, It wasn't, they didn't say all your chairs, all your chairs in the waiting room are these gorgeously gross, like neon, fluorescent, plastic chairs of different colors. They didn't say that. They didn't walk in and say, you have like the oldest wood paneling I've ever seen. (laughs) Uh, That's not what their, their conversation was. Their conversation was, can you help me? Can you help my kids? Right? And, and. And then what we did over the years, well actually even, I should say over the months, the first, uh, at the beginning of the sixth month I was in practice, I'm already putting carpet in because we didn't have any carpet, it was just gross linoleum. So we put carpet in and then about the first year we bought all new chairs and patients were excited because I was growing with them, right? We were a family together and I was growing with them. And so, and then I became part of the community Right? Because we started, we all were growing as a community, and I really got myself involved with the community. Um, and that's what it's talking about. That's what BJ is talking about here. You have a sacred trust. You have in your possession a sacred trust. What are you doing about the sacred trust? Right? Are, are you going to go out and try to snow people into believing things or try to pretend? What, that you are, like, I have people that I know who say, well, the first thing I do, I'm going to build a $100,000 brand new office, and I'm going to buy myself a Mercedes everybody thinks I'm, like, really successful I'm like and, and I get the thought process right, I get but but I'm like this is not the idea the idea isn't to make people think you're successful the idea is to become successful and the way you become successful is you train yourself and I was not trained that way my parents, God bless them but my parents did not train me on success. They didn't know success. They, were, they struggled their entire lives. You know, my, my mom and dad retired with hardly any money left. They were squeaking by in their retirement. And they, they but, but they showed me love and they showed me respect and they showed me honesty and they showed me character and they showed me integrity. And that's what wins in the long run. Yeah, I knew nothing about business. I had to learn it all myself. I made a lot of mistakes. You know, in their early days in business, but that's okay. And patients are okay with that, right? As long as you're not ripping them off, if you make an honest mistake, it's an honest mistake. But you have to understand that you have to, you have to train your mind, right? Why do I do this before every class? I do this before every class to train your minds because you guys are coming in here being beat up with oskies and boards and 10 finals in three days. And it's really, really hard. The burdens are heavy. Nobody said this is, is easy or simple. But, but it's worth it in the end because if you're being, you're being given this sacred trust. You're graduating with this gift, the sacred trust called chiropractic. What you do with it is completely up to you but I'm suggesting to you that you make sure that you're training your brain now. What are you listening to now? Like I've talked about before. What are you reading now? What are you spending your time on now? What are you focusing on now? Because if you focus on junk and the crap politics that are out there and all the other stuff, the noise that you hear on the TV and internet and Facebook and stuff, and you, you can go absolutely bonkers if you want to in the news and in the or the weather and the sport and sport you can spend all kinds of time on that but how is that going to give you something later on right i suggest that if you want to take this possession that's in your sacred trust and you want to guard it well you better guard it well starting today you better start training your brain to being the best that you can be you know are you studying chiropractic are you listening to chiropractic podcasts are you reading chiropractic and other sort of health-related journals what are you doing to prepare yourself? Are you reading the books like I've mentioned before, Think and Grow Rich? If you haven't read that book yet, what are you waiting for? That is, like the, that is the primer. It is the primer on taking the brain like I had, a poverty consciousness. A consciousness that said, who am I, some little kid from some little town who sleeps on a pull-out couch with no money and no experience, who am I to make a success out of myself? That was the question going through my brain when I graduated, who am I, right? You've seen Les Mis, right? Yeah, who am I, right? right? Who am I? That was the question, it Was going, who am I to, to deserve any, any success? And I had to train my brain that that is not the appropriate question. The appropriate question is why not? Why not me? Why not me? Because it's all about service. If I give a lot of service, then I get a lot back. And it's not necessarily a one-to-one, right? It's not just, you know, I do something, you pay me. I do something, you pay me. That's actually a very small amount of service. It's like, I give you more. I give you more than I'm paid for. So if the adjustment is worth, you know, $50 or whatever, I'm going to give you $100 worth of service to make sure that you know that I am caring for you and your, your kids. And that's how it comes back. The, the, the rewards are bounteous. The reward is abundance. But you've got to tap into it first. And that's what BJ is talking about when he says the sacred trust. The sacred trust is something that you need to understand and appreciate, but you need to train, you need to hone that skill in to really get into that sacred trust. Because once you do, then, like it says this above down the slide. for me, I wake up in the morning and it's like downloaded, and I am on. Where is the next kid I got to serve? Where is the next pregnant mama I got to serve? What is the next talk I have to give to the students? What is the next thing I have to do to to inspire that patient, that baby, that child with autism, that pregnant mama, that student, that doctor in ICPA? What is the next my next? What is my mission? Dick Santo, before he passed away, he he was an amazing D.U. speaker. He used to say, every morning, get up asking one question: God, what should I do today? And the answer is usually gonna be serve. Go forth, as BJ said, go forth and serve.